everybody, this is Kaysen, and welcome back to another episode of Hey Kids, this is Titans Talk with Kaysen, a very official Tennessee Titans podcast. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, my mom. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I, you know, it's Tuesday, we record on Tuesdays usually, and we release episodes on Wednesdays, so we've had a couple of days to process through the very tough loss on Sunday to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we have a big game on Thursday night football against the 49ers, and we have another awesome guest in the virtual studio today. Super excited to share this conversation with you, listener. Oh, yeah, but more on that guest later. Yes. And this is our Christmas episode. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I can't believe it's already Christmas and New Year's is next week, so... Crazy. Yeah, well, time super flies. crazy. But, um, yeah, this Thursday night is very crucial in terms of playoff positioning. I mean, the 49ers, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. They're mm-hmm. not out of it yet. No. Um, uh, they're still fighting with Minnesota for that last playoff spot, but... Yeah, the definitely the, the loss of the Steelers did not improve our chances on getting the number one spot. But this uh, Thursday, I, uh, the way I see it, is our last opportunity to get it because we have the tiebreaker over Kansas City, but that loss to the Patriots was crucial. If they lose this game, I don't see them getting the number one spot, but that's okay. We mm-hmm. can still get into the playoffs and make yeah. some magic happen. Okay. But more on that later as we jump into Jim White's article, Six Things That Set Out for the Titans in Sunday's Loss to the Steelers on Tennessee. Titans.com. So first thing is solid defense. Oh yeah. The Titans held the Steelers to just 12 first downs and 168 yards of total offense on Sunday. Time and again, the Titans defense was put into a tough spot because of the offense, but the unit kept stepping up and getting stops. The Steelers settled for four field goals in the game because the Titans held the Steelers to two of 11 on third down. So while the game had a gut punch ending, and when he says gut punch, he means like a double gut punch, I believe. I mean, it just um, was sad. Um, There was reason to be encouraged. The Titans kicked themselves for not creating turnovers of their own, but the defensive unit did some good things. The defense was flying around and playing with speed, Titans safety Kevin Byard said. I told all the guys when the QB was kneeling, I'm really proud with the way the defense played today. And one of those or two of those people that were flying around on defense were Danico Autry and Zach Cunningham. Exactly. Welcome to the Titans, Zach Cunningham. We were, it was really cool to see him out there, and I'm excited to see how he's going to continue to tr- contribute to the game this Sunday, or this Thursday. Next is missed opportunity. Titans fans everywhere watched Saturday night's Colts-Patriots game battling a dilemma. Would it be better if the Patriots won? Which would have given the Titans a chance to clinch the AFC South on Sunday? Or would it be better if the Patriots lost, which would have put the number one seed in play? This reality is the Titans need to take care of business themselves, something they didn't do on Sunday, and something they haven't done in three of their last four games. The Titans missed a big opportunity against the Steelers and are now at 9-5. and five. The Colts, at 8-6, and six, are suddenly breathing down their necks. 
I think every game, every week, you have to have a sense of urgency, Chester Rogers said. The Colts are playing their butt off, and we have to finish out and win all three games and put ourselves in position. So the current AFC South standings right now are the Titans at number one at nine and five, the Colts at number two at eight and six, the Texans at number three at three and eleven, and the Jaguars at number four at two and twelve. Uh, yeah, definitely what he said about the Colts and the Titans. Like, it's definitely gotten a lot more close than we, well, are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Last year, it got really close down to the wire. The Titans ended up getting it in a, with a win in Houston. Oh, yeah. But definitely, I think you have three opportunities down the stretch. You have San Francisco, obviously Thursday night, and then you have Miami, and then you have Houston. I could see them winning out, but I... I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe lost like a game or so because, well, Houston, we had troubles with them, so who knows. But honestly, what I want to focus on right now is clinching the AFC South, getting that out of the way, and then focusing on the number one seed because the Colts are closer than they've ever been all season except for week one when no one had a record. When I think it's interesting, somebody said on Twitter this afternoon, as crazy as this is, if the Chiefs lose and New England loses to the Bills, we control our own destiny again. Yes. So we just need the Colts to lose, the Chiefs to lose, and New England. The Chiefs play the Steelers this Sunday, and the Colts play the Cardinals this Saturday on Christmas Day. So it would definitely be a nice little Christmas present if the mm-hmm. t- if the Cardinals beat the Colts. So mm-hmm. if you're a Titans fan, you would want to be rooting for the Steelers, the Cardinals... And the Bills. So we want these three teams to win if the t- so the Titans can control their own destiny in the number one spot, and we can be watching TV on Wild Card Weekend. That's right. Well, it's that time already. It's one of my favorite segments to announce, and you already know what's coming. Nah. <laughs> it's Mr. Jim Wyatt's British Report, brought to you by... Another sponsor? Other than... Santa Claus. Oh, okay, 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 that's good, that's good. Take it away, Mr. Jim. This is Jim White of TennesseeTitans.com, and this week's britches report is Navy jerseys and Navy britches. Well, how do you feel about Navy on Navy? Personally speaking, it's my favorite combination, but what about you? I I like it. It's definitely cool under the lights, but... It would have been awesome to see them wear light blue again on Thursday Night Football. They yeah. haven't done that since 2017. I would definitely want to see that. They've worn navy for all of their Thursday Night games since changing to the new uniform. I did not know that. The wow. only time they didn't was when was at Jacksonville when they lost 20-7. to Okay. And they wore navy pants and a white jersey. So all you've right. at least worn one part of navy on Thursday night. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I hope that Titans Uni Tracker was listening to that. And speaking of Titans Uni Tracker, we have our uniform facts for this week. The Titans are 3 and 0 this season in my favorite combo, and I believe we are about to be 4 and 0 in this combination. Shout out again to Titans Uni Tracker for all of the awesome uniform statistics and this week's Titans trivia. Be sure to find Titans Uni Tracker on Twitter and Instagram at Titans Uni. So, what's a combination that you hope we have for the next two games? All light blue. Oh, okay. 
in particular, which game, the home game or the away game for the Texans? Mm, it'd probably be more likely that they would wear all light blue against Miami because, well, it's their final home game, and I mm-hmm. doubt Houston's going to wear white. So right. that'd, probably, that'd probably be when I want to see it. So Titans, if you're hearing this, <laughs> please. Yes. Please. I would I would love to see it. Honestly. <laughs> if you're hearing this, please. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I would that would that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. I vibe to that. Fingers well, crossed. Yep, fingers crossed. And now it's time for the seventh graders forecast and Kaysen's keys to the game versus the 49ers. Take it away, Kaysen. All right, thank you. So jingle bells, jingle bells. I'm sorry, I felt like I had to do <laughs> sound effects because it's Christmas. My bad. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, we are playing the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday Night Football, and it is a crucial matchup for playoff positioning on both on both teams. I mean, the 49ers, they're fighting for their lives in the NFC wild card, while, while the Titans are fighting for the number one seed and the division because the Colts are so are really uncomfortably close. Yep. Definitely, they're going to have to give it their all. This is a big game, and I definitely think that the Titans are going to have to clean up some of the inconsistencies they had in the Steel City. Here's my first key, and that is clean up the offense. Uh, the offense, they did not look like themselves at all. This Sunday against Pittsburgh, Tannehill kind of struggled. The receiving core did not do as well as they did against the Jaguars, so... I definitely want to see them have more depth in the receiving position. I know that they all have potential. They are in the, they are in the NFL, so they obviously have a lot of potential. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is definitely a hard job to do, especially with so many guys out. Uh, we don't know if AJ's going to play or Julio. AJ was back at practice today. Okay, that's so a, there's some hope. There's some hope. That's right. That's definitely going to be crucial. and If the, we can get him back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the 49ers, their secondary is... Okay, I mean it's not as great as it was, but uh, so I definitely uh, think that the Titans receivers could have a good day, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll just see what happens on Thursday night. I'm excited, and my second key is ground and pound defense. I like it. Uh, they've definitely been getting nasty with other people. Bud Dupree made a statement last Sunday in Pittsburgh. Oh yes, yes, yeah, saying I'm back. I know that sack. That was amazing. Yeah, um, he was going after his old teammate, and actually. During the coin toss, he hugged Big Ben, so yeah, definitely a moment of revenge for uh, them trading him. Yeah. It's not personal. It's just business. Yes. Big Jeff, Osher, Danico, uh, I want to see them rack up some sacks against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He has not been himself these last couple of years since their Super Bowl run. It's crazy that they went to a Super Bowl a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It was a tragic year. <laughs> Very tragic year, but we're moving on. Anyway, yes. Uh, definitely, I want to see them rack up st- uh, rack up sacks. And my final key is hometown energy. Nashville, this is a big game. The 49ers are coming from the Bay Area into Nashville, and I want to see you screaming at the top of your lungs. I want to see you get excited. I want to see Jimmy G really confused and him having a hard time. Uh, I definitely am so excited for this game. The whole world's going to be watching, and I want you to show them what Nashville is on Thursday night. So let's go. Tighten up. Let's go. Beat San Francisco. I find that. Yes, sir. Also at this game at Nissan Stadium is going to – fans get a chance to be a part of the light show, 
I know. I'm it excited. was awesome last time. It honestly. was against I'm the Bills for I'm Monday Night Football. The fireworks going off and that sweet intro. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, and so listener, if you download the Tennessee Titans app and go to the Game Day Center, it mentions under the Entertainment tab about the light show. Also, you'll find that one of our friends, Mandisa, is mm-hmm. going to be singing. The National Anthem. That's going to be cool. It will be. And it says that there's a surprise guest performing at the halftime show. So we don't know who it is. That's Uh, good. I'm excited. I'm so curious. Yep. And there is also the Titans charity drive this week. It's to bring snacks, unopened packaged snacks for the bridge in Nashville. And all of those drop-off points will be all around Nissan Stadium. So, again, be sure to bring new, unopened snacks. Yeah, I'm sure the people of the bridge will love that. Yes. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, on TennesseeTitans.com, and on Apple Podcasts. Follow, rate, and review the show there on Apple Podcasts, and let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. And like we mentioned at the top of the show, we have another awesome conversation today from our virtual studio. Again, it's our Christmas episode, and we feel like this is probably one of the coolest presents we've ever received in way of guests on the show. Yeah. All of our guests have been just spectacular, and this gentleman fits right in with all of them. Yeah. He could possibly be the most interesting man on television. Yeah, he definitely has a cool story. Yes. We had a blast with him, and listener, we think you'll enjoy getting to know more about this week's guest, Kyle Brandt. (laughs) Enjoy. Today's guest in the virtual studio currently hosts his own podcast, co-hosts two TV shows, and says his work resume is weirder than most grown-ups' resumes. <laughs> He's the one, the only, Kyle Brandt, co-host of NFL Network's Good Morning Football. Yeah! <laughs> well, With air horns. Yeah. Wow. Um, to the thank show. you guys for having me, Kason. Brilliant intro. Uh, well, great production level. A lot of people don't have sound effects, let alone Christmas trees and Oilers hats and angry run shirts and co-hosts. <laughs> this is a first class show already. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank man. you for coming on the show. Kyle. We're so excited you're here. And uh, hi, Evelyn. We we know you brought a friend. Yes, a friend this, is, this is almost five and a half year old Evelyn who can't who just when you say that she's shy and doesn't want to be on camera, will come crawling on camera. Nice. And she's very excited right now because, of course, it's Santa Claus time and he's coming to town. So there's a lot of energy in the Brent household right now. And I hope to bring yeah. that to you guys. We okay. are so happy to have her and you on the show today. Thank you. All right, so we'll just jump right in. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you were growing up? An NFL running back. I I, Listen, I grew up in Chicago. I I I grew up a Bears fan, and uh, running back was always my favorite position because when I was really little, Walter Payton was the coolest thing in the world, and Bears fans love running back just like Titans fans do. So um, when I – all the ways I started playing soccer football when I was about eighth grade, and, you know, my dad, as most parents are um, (laughs) – like to do say no 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 you're gonna be quarterback you're gonna be quarterback that's the position for my son you're gonna be quarterback that's what the money is that's me and i'm like dad i don't throw very well <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can run really well so eventually i wanted to go on and be like a chris johnson type or of course Derek, that type of thing yeah. um 
I'm breaking a lot of tackles during this interview, which is actually kind of meta because Avalon's <laughs> trying to tackle me as I speak. <laughs> so I wanted to be an NFL running back. And then once I realized that I wasn't going to be, I wanted to be able to talk about NFL running backs, which is what I do now. Love that, that is that is an interesting story. As <laughs> well, I love the fact that you shifted into running back in, in spite of the fact that, you know, your dad was talking about being the quarterback and you're like, I, I, I can run. And yeah. so, every time they would call a pass, I would drop back and then just run, you know, like, like Tannehill does sometimes except yeah, Tannehill yeah, yeah. often throws it and throws yeah. it really, really well. Yeah. I was on in eighth grade was the first time in pads and it was a town called Buffalo Grove, Illinois. And I was on the Buffalo Grove bills. We had like the bills logo on our helmet, oh, but it was different God. colors. And uh, I think after like the 20th consecutive passing play where I just took it and ran, my coach was like, all right, you can play running back. Get over there. It's fine. Cause we never <laughs> ended up throwing anyway. <laughs> that's so awesome. that's that's really cool oh my thank God. you so that kind of segues into our next question was did you play sports as a kid and so you said you started in eighth grade yeah did you, did you play anything else before that I played everything I could get my hands on you know I um my uh, my parents both of them were uh, were reluctant to have me in full pads hitting until I was in eighth oh, yeah. grade which I actually yeah. really uh enjoyed I'm glad they made that decision mm-hmm. so that let me play you know Outdoor soccer, indoor soccer, a lot of basketball, a lot of baseball, all like the classics, really. You know, I didn't play any of these really cool, like kind of artsy niche sports. Like I didn't play lacrosse or I didn't, I never played hockey. And I wish I would have in retrospect, but listen, I grew up in the time of the the Bears and the Michael Jordan Bulls in Chicago. So I won the sports fan lottery. I grew up watching Michael Jordan play basketball games, you know, 20 minutes from my house. So it was really, really lucky. I played every sport and every sport video game that I could get my hands on. (laughs) We've, we've read about that. Oh yeah. That's going to be one of my questions. Oh, I can't wait. I am addicted to sports video games. They honestly are so entertaining. What are you playing? Uh, Retro ball a lot. Have you heard of it? What's that? No, no, no. What's that? So it's, I have it on my phone. It's like, uh, it's pretty much just like old arcade style football, but like with like modern uh, techniques and stuff. It's it's really fun, honestly. Retro like, ball? Yeah, retro ball. Okay. I think Santa Claus is bringing that. That's great. Retro ball. I'm going to write it down. It sounds perfect. I love that. Spread up my alley. You need to. <laughs> it's really fun. Okay. So how old were you when you decided you wanted to work full time in the world of sports? And did you have, did you have to have any tra- special training for your job? These are really good questions, you guys. You're all over it. You've thought about it. You've researched it. I can tell I'm super flattered. No, I had a really unusual path. You know, some people would know when they're a kid or maybe when they're in high school or college that I want to be a sports writer or commentator and everything. I pushed the actual plane it as far as I could, which is all the way through playing college football. And then, you know, I started thinking like, man, these these professional running backs, I, I, I'm watching them on CBS and they appear to be much faster and much bigger than I am. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. So then I took a weird left turn into Hollywood and I was an actor and I was on TV and I was on reality shows. And I had this very bizarre uh, 10 years in my 20s, at which point I finally decided, you know, I think it's time to go back to my first love. And uh, I got back into sports and just through like a a series of good fortune, um, I was able to do it. And as far as training, I would just say people ask me that sometimes like I want to be in sports media. What should I work on? Just write. Right, 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 right. What should I major in? Anything in college where you have to write? Because I think there are two people in sports media, two kinds of people, those who can write and those who need to have things written for them. If you can write yourself, uh, it, it makes you a lot more appealing to people who might hire you. And um, thank God I, I would have been able to do that. 
So was English, I, because I, you, we're doing some research, we noticed that yeah. English, you graduated with a degree in English from Princeton yeah. University, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. And so did you love to read when you were growing up? Mm-hmm. And what what kind of drove you to, to pick that path? Uh, I did love to read growing up. And we had a thing at my house, again, where it's like my mom would say, all right, enough with the Nintendo, put it down, like you have to pick up a book now. And I just remember all kinds of adventure books as a kid. Does that sound familiar? Is that the same thing that's going on there? Did I just hit close to home? <laughs> I've done three hours of Nintendo. Now you have to read. So listen, all adventure books. Um, I started reading uh, what I started to really like when I was kind of coming to my adolescence. Like when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I started reading a lot of biographies about different athletes. Like I'd read the book about Bo Jackson or the book about Michael Jordan or my favorite athletes, whatever book that they would do, I couldn't get enough of those. And then that carried into college. And, you know, at Princeton's um, majors, they offer, I, I think they go back 250 years. There's no like real super advanced ones when I was there. So it was like history, politics, English, and maybe a couple others that was never going to be me. So I just thought I love reading and I, I think I'm a pretty good writer. So anything lets me do that. And I have to tell you, Sometimes people will say whatever major you choose in college, but it ends up being kind of irrelevant. Oh, you'll find your way. In my opinion, I really do think it helped me a lot just because I had to write. If you have to sit down and write 20 pages on Shakespeare or the Canterbury Tales, like, believe me, you can write a couple pages about the Cowboys or the you know, Seahawks. Yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll find your way. <laughs> and it'd be much more pleasurable, I think. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. If you've done that, you can do anything. Even on the Jaguars, I can write. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> we have no words. <laughs> I know. Neither do they. Sure. We just gave them a shout out. And we, Thank you. <laughs> I know. Just dealt with them and moved on. Yeah. yeah. Jason loves reading, quite honestly. And he and his brother, Trevin, have been reading since they were very little. Like, we used to take them to the library all the time as little kids. And now they still love going. But what are some of the books you're reading? Because you're doing a lot of what Kyle said that he was doing when he was a kid about your age is reading autobiographies or biographies. Who are some of the people that you've read recently? Um, I read a lot. I don't, ex- I don't remember, but uh, they're mostly just about like, I remember I read one about Tony Dungy for uh, when, yeah. he co- when he coached the Colts. Uh, I also read one about, uh, I don't remember his name. He played for the Titans. He had, he had cancer. So I've read, I read a autobiography about him, but they're just okay. really interesting on like how they've gotten uh, to where, the, to where they are now and how many challenges they've had to overcome in life. So yeah. I definitely think that um, they're definitely up, uplifting stories and they're also just really cool stories to read about. Yeah. You get to that part in the middle of the book where there's like five pages of pictures you can look through. <laughs> like that's, a, it's always the best part. Uh, yeah. It's a great one to read, like incredible coach, legendary, won the Super Bowl. Uh, tells funny stories about how we, they were playing the Bears and they had this kick returner, Devin Hester, who was the best kick returner of all time. And they said, we're going to kick to him. We're not going to kick away from him. We're too proud. And then the night before the game, he said, nah, I think we'll just kick to him. We're, we're never going to stay away from him. They kicked him. He returned it for a touchdown. He said it was the first biggest mistake he ever made. So funny. But that's part of He's got a million stories like that. That's amazing. Well, we found out recently that there was a big milestone anniversary in your life. Um, in the fall of 1996, you helped lead the Stevenson High School Patriots <laughs> of Lincolnshire, Illinois, to an 18-13 victory in the Illinois State Football Championship quarterfinals. As a halfback, you were the MVP of the game with 24 carries for 108 yards and one touchdown. And the local news interviewed you after the game 
And we'd like to play that clip for you right now, <laughs> if we could. Would that let her rip, sure. <laughs> okay, sure. so. And most valuable player, that being halfback, Kyle Brandt. Take it away, Dave. Thankfully, that's right. I'm here with Kyle Brandt, the CCN MVP, Kyle. We have you 24 carries, 103 yards, the one touchdown. You guys seem to stick through it, stick with the running game throughout the contest, and it seemed to pay off, especially with that big drive in the third quarter where you picked up some good gains. Yeah, uh, that plays into a lot of our game plan. When we can control the ball and keep it up with <laughs> offense off the field, good things usually happen, provided we get first downs. On the other side of the ball, defensively, you playing both sides. Did you have anything in particular against Brem, especially to stop Dorsey? It seemed like you guys were stacking it up front and trying to make Brown beat you through the air. Yeah, uh, actually, we we'd only put in the, uh, it's called a four-linebacker set that we when I come into play. We'd only put that in a few times during the week. We didn't expect uh, to use it as much as we did, but we had some success with it early. So uh, Coach Bobby Smith just went with it the whole way. And Dorsey broke the one, I think, I was in the first play from scrimmage. I wasn't in on that play, and we were in the other defense. So we switched over to what we call the B front, but with the extra linebacker, and it was really successful. It seemed to work the remainder of the game. They had that one big play in the second half, and that was it for the friend offense. Well, that'll do it here on the field once again with Kyle Brandt, the CCN MVP. Back up to you, Lee. That's wild. Okay, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. How do you so feel many, just so watching many that? takeaways. <laughs> First of all, I'm like, I. I, I, I'm totally auditioning for ESPN or something. I'm completely <laughs> peacocking and trying to be like so erudite and insightful. And yet at, at the time when you're Very 17, impressive. thank yeah. you. Well, thank you. You're that young and someone is coming to you. I don't, that was like some local access. It might as well have been Monday Night Football. A guy with right. a microphone is going to ask yeah. you questions like you're a Stan okay. Marino or something. Um, yeah. I do have to say, pointing out that the only touchdown the other team scored, I wasn't in for that play. Is a little bit cocky and not necessarily as team oriented as I would like to be. But again, <laughs> seventeen, and I didn't. I wasn't terribly experienced in the media, though. Oh, but it was, it was so good. So Thank I you. have to ask you: Was that your first on-camera interview? And was that the day the Angry Runs was born? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And I love that you have the shirt. That is so cool. Thank you. All right. That's definitely the first on camera interview. I, I don't even think when I was a kid, I, I don't even think I did some local news thing where they ask a kid why they're at the carnival. I think that was probably the first time I ever had a microphone in my face. That's and very impressive as, for first time, dude. Oh, thank you. Well, again, I like I, I couldn't do zero math, but I could speak <laughs> and write. Again, the English major thing. That's yeah. and the, the science and the math, rough. Uh, but as far as the angry runs thing, it, I, I guess in a way it could have been the, the whole birth of angry runs. Actually, the the way we crown people like Derrick Henry and give it oh, ten, oh, on. one and two. You mean what do you got? You mean this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean our king, right? Yes, <laughs> El Rey Enojado, the Angry King. That's so cool. And he has a giant sword. Oh, yeah. He's got the cross eye black. God, that is a cool toy. That is awesome. I want that thing. That is a bobblehead Angry King. Um, well, that, let's it see is if really we can sorry. find one for you. I hope Send so. It your way. My high school coach was all about run straight ahead, run straight ahead. None of this dancing, any of that stuff. So that's how I did it. And then that's how the, I came to admire players in the league who do it like that. There's some great players, great running backs who, you know, are more, they're like, they're slippery. They've got cool moves. Guys like, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, mm -hmm. Shady McCoy. I love those guys, but I like the straight ahead runners and who will still lower their shoulder. And I think it really was going back to my high school experience. That was an incredible deep dive you guys did. 
Well, I when I came across it, I said, "Oh, th- this is going to be fun." And thank you for letting us. Share sure, that, that was you. amazing. And uh, I have to ask, when was the last time you saw that video? Um, you know, I think it might have been five or six years ago. I'm trying to. Th- I feel like because um, I don't remember. I remember the visual of the guy with the ponytail interviewing me, but I don't remember what I <laughs> said. said. I think maybe when Good Morning Football Lab. started. Is that right? I think that's just this local suburban Chicago Mm -hmm. network access. I think when Good Morning Football started, they might have played that clip, but it was only the visual. So like all the talk about, you know, provided that we get first downs, like I don't, it's been a long time since I've heard that. That's so good. That's so good. So of all the different jobs that you've had, which one have been your favorite so far? Um, I I have to say, you know, the, the football thing is great. Being 23 years old, living in LA and getting to be on Days of Our Lives was awesome. I mean, it was the coolest thing. It was just every day you'd go to work and the stage I would go was right next to the Ellen show and the Tonight Show in in LA and Burbank. And he'd give you these ridiculous lines to read and they'd say, you know, show your muscles and tell the girl you love her. And I was like, I can do that. And then they would (laughs) give you a check and you'd go home and you were like a baby. You know, that was 20 years ago for me now. So I I mean, the the good morning football in the NFL is is brilliant, but being that young right out of college and being on TV, showing your muscles, like was so hilarious and so fun. I think it's that. Well, so on that note, so uh, you are kind of, um, in a full circle with Joey Tribbiani from Friends because <laughs> yeah. of you went on to be Philip Kiriakis, which yeah. by the way, I, uh, you know, loved days of our lives. And um, so Philip Kiriakis, so Victor yeah. Kiriakis, go on life. His daughter is Jennifer Aniston, yep. who was Rachel on Friends. And now you are basically in the circle of Friends. You were all over it. This <laughs> this is the most well-researched show I think I've ever been on in my life. What? No really? one brings that up. You no. guys do your homework. Aww. And you know what? You said, oh, what would be your advice or special skills? And I said, right. Also, like, do your homework. Look up people. Ask them people they've never asked them things they've never been asked before. <laughs> I've never been asked about John Aniston being Jennifer's father. And since he was my father on the show, it's almost like Jennifer and I were sisters. Like and, and I, sister and brother. Yeah. Yeah. And siblings. And, and then at the time she was married to Brad Pitt. So I felt like he was my brother-in-law. And so like, believe me, I've thought about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy we could bring that memory back oh, it's for so you. so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we think you're fantastic on Good Morning Football and your football knowledge is like none other, but we want to ask you about your love for 80s video games. Okay. And you say you're a tech mobile player, but yeah. now you're co-hosting a game show on Peacock. Yeah. That's that's based on another popular 80s video game that my mom says she used to play in the arcade. Sure, same. Can you share more about it with us? Sure. So, Callan, here's the deal. As strange as this may sound to someone of your generation, there used to be a thing called quarters. And they're, the, <laughs> they're circular. And if you have four of them, you get something called a dollar. And oh. you take said quarters and you put them in this giant machine the size of a taxi cab. And you get to play a game with the joystick and buttons. It was it would have blown your mind. Oh. I promise that's what we did. So one of those games was called Frogger. And the concept of the game was you're a frog. And there's traffic, and you got to jump across the front of the traffic and not get hit by a car. <laughs> and people loved it; they lost their minds. And oh so my gosh! Yeah, they. You know, I mean, you played totally. Frogger, right? Oh yeah, it was, and you played Frogger, Centipede, Donkey Kong, Galaga, Galaga. Mm-hmm. yeah, all of them. So someone, some Space genius, Invaders, Space Invaders, mm-hmm. and that's coming. 
they made a TV show out of Frogger in which real life people are the frogs and they have to cross these giant like uh, comical cartoonish cars and do all this. It's crazy. It's like uh, floor is lava with wipeout and like just a little bit of squid game. If I'm being honest. <laughs> and that's the show we do. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, we've, we've seen it and it is absolutely awesome and hilarious and uh, intense and um, extremely entertaining. It seems fun, but it also just seems really, uh, I'm trying to think of a word, exhausting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It's exhausting to even talk about. I can't even imagine the kids doing it. Yeah. But I have to say, you know, um, Evelyn, who was sent upstairs, who is five and a half, and Calvin, who's eight, they don't, they, they couldn't be less impressed that Good Morning Football, NFL, not into that. But when we do Frogger and we sit oh, down man. and I, they, they're, they're just stunned into silence, they watch the entire thing. And I said to my my incredible wife, I go, wow, look at them, honey. They're riveted. And she goes, no, <laughs> they're riveted. And I was like, wow, that's really good. That's what she said. She nailed it. She sure did. Oh my gosh. She sounds like your ultimate hype woman. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the great Brooke Brandt, uh, probably upstairs, listened to me and be like, are you talking about me? <laughs> yes, we are. So she's she's incredible. We've been Shout together out to since Team Brandt. 2008. Absolutely. That's fabulous. So are there any other projects you're currently working on that you would like to share with our listener? And where can they find you on all the sh- on, on all the shows or the socials? All the shows and the socials. Um, the project that I'm currently working on is the Santa Claus project for this home. We're hoping that Santa Claus comes. We are already talking about what kind of cookies we're going to put out. Uh, should we do milk or eggnog? Should we just do both? I'm always in favor of just leave them everything. I, I agree. And don't forget the reindeer. We got to have some carrots, some vegetables yeah. of some sort. Last year, we found actual reindeer tracks in our front yard. And we were wondering wow. why they were in the front yard, because normally they are up on the rooftop. Yeah. So we the, the reindeers played a trick last year and went mm-hmm. off the rooftop to the reindeer, to the, to the grass. So we're, this is my point. We're into this now. We talk constantly about can we have a fire in the fireplace on Christmas Eve or do we have to turn it off before the night? So uh, we have to turn it off unquestionably. We want the big right. man to be safe. Yeah. So we talk about that stuff all the time. Um, <laughs> that is my biggest project right now is Santa Claus coming to town starring the Brandt Family Network right now. <laughs> Love it. Sounds like an interesting show. I hope so. I, I, I hope it's a comedy, not a tragedy, but the kids have been behaving pretty well. Uh, and listen, that you asked, so... Um, uh, Frogger on Peacock. If you have kids, you'll love it. Uh, just watch them. It's so fun. So it's PG rated. Um, well, 10 questions. Don't Spotify. have kids. Honestly, it's oh, extremely yeah? entertaining. Yeah. Oh, thank honestly, you. And yeah. then, you know, good morning football. I don't want to plug everything. I want to plug you guys. Where can I find your socials? Where are you guys on social? What do you got? So I um, am. Kason is um, not yet. Not yet. But okay, our show, the show is on Instagram at Titans Talk with Kason. All right, I'm right here right now. Tyson's okay. talk with Kason. Titans talk with Kason, yep. And then I am on um Twitter at I am Zap Girl. Okay. And I am I am Zap Girl. Z-A-P-G-I-R-L. Why are you Zap Girl? It sounds fun. It's like a superhero. Oh well, thank you for asking. No one has really asked about that recently. Um, so I am a sudden cardiac arrest survivor. I have an implanted defibrillator and I've had it for 24 years. And so when I originally got my device, uh, there was hardly any word about how these devices were going to help people save lives or help save people's lives. I was terrified, but my sister in her, um, just trying to 
bring some levity to the situation and trying to get my mind off the fact that I've just survived sudden death. Uh, she nicknamed me Zap Girl because I'm bionic and my device is in my chest right here. And it has saved my life four times. Oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah. So I'm that's not sure if you nickname, know what so. an AED is, but yeah. they, oh, you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard about that. I have yeah. someone, someone So basically, if you're traveling along in uh airport or maybe at your studio, they have a, a defibrillator or ask if they have an AED. Um, those sudden cardiac arrest can happen to anyone at any time. And the quicker the response is with a, a device, an AED, mm-hmm. you don't have to know how to do or to use it. You just turn it on and it tells you what to do. But I never have to wait for that to come and help save my life. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. someone like Case and so we and my husband and, and our son, um, I have one in the back of my car at all times. And so it's at the house, it's travels wherever mm-hmm. we go, but they're not required by law. And so that's one thing I'm working on. I started social media campaign on Instagram oh, called Zap Girl and the AEDs, asking people if they see an AED to say to take a selfie with it and to say, hey, thank you to whatever business or establishment that has these devices, because it's helping people have a fighting chance at life. And because that's response incredible. time is between 11 and 15 minutes uh, for EMS to get to wherever you're at. So that's why I am at I am Zap Girl on um, Twitter and then Zap Girl and the AEDs on Instagram. Got it. That's really, really cool. Thank you for asking. Sure. Wow. So So, uh, before we go, we have three questions I ask each guest. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So what uh, advice would you give your 13 year old self? Be careful. (laughs) <laughs> be very careful. I was I was a rambunctious dude. Uh, got injured a lot. Made mm. some crazy choices in my 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 love life. I would just say be fun, but have careful. Be excuse me. I even messed it up. I said be fun, but have careful. No, no, no. That's terrible advice. <laughs> be have fun, but be careful. See, this is my body trying not to have myself give myself this advice. It's trying to resist it. That thirteen year old doesn't want to hear it. it have yeah. fun, but be careful. We get it. Yeah, that's great advice. So was there a mentor or teacher that really inspired you when you were growing up? Yeah, there was a bunch of them. Um, you know, the, the coaches for sure. But I, I, I um, my parents for sure. I had a math teacher when I was in a sophomore in high school named Mrs. Fisher. And she's like, look, here's the deal. I know you don't like math. I know you hate it. I know you don't want to do it, but you have to do it. And if you want to go to college, let's just get through this and I'll help you. And I just thought it was the coolest attitude for her to just say cards on the table. This is what I do for a living. And I know you hate it, but like, I will help you if you will let me. And Mrs. Fisher ended up getting me an A in that class. And she ended up writing my college recommendation. And that was just teachers. You know, I have a younger sister who's a kindergarten teacher and I respect it so much. Um, So the fact that she could just say that to me and be so cool about it, uh, I will never forget. It was really fun. Shout out to Mrs. Fisher. Yeah, shout out Absolutely. to Mrs. Fisher. Dolores right. Fisher, wherever she may shout be, out. Dolores Fisher, you were awesome. Yes, that's so cool. So I have one final question. It has stopped okay. so many people, but oh, great. are you ready? Yeah, no, but yeah. <laughs> Pizza or steak? Okay. God, that's a great question. What a beautiful question. <laughs> See, now the real the real wise guy will say, well, well I'll just get steak on my pizza. I'm not going to cop out like that. No. Um, listen to me. Okay, let me listen very clearly. Born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Currently living in New York. 
I will not only will I go pizza, I'll go pizza a thousand times out of a thousand with due respect to a perfect medium rare steak with a few sides. I will always go pizza, be a deep dish or thin. It's cheaper. It's more delicious. And I don't care if it was more expensive. I am going to pizza all day long that I get it right. Now I'm hungry for pizza. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We have to ask toppings. Oh, okay. You know what? Like, yes, that's my answer to that. Okay, there you go. And I don't, I cannot get quite to that point where I'm doing the Hawaiian and the pineapple Um, and the ham thing. And I know that the Hawaiian pizza goes hard. (laughs) Now, Count, are you applauding because you you agree with me or you like the Hawaiian? Uh, I agree with you. I don't like Hawaiian. And you know, here's the thing. I'm saying that, but like, if I walked into a room and all there was was Hawaiian, I'd, be, I, I'd eat the Hawaiian. I don't care. I, I'll well, eat any kind of pizza. you can always take the pineapple off. Yeah, yeah. And look, there there could be dog food on the pizza. <laughs> I, I don't care what the topping is. Kibbles and bits, it's going down. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that so much fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for your time on the show today. It was honestly an amazing time talking to you. Uh, it's my pleasure. This is really cool. I, I get the, the privilege to do a lot of shows and there's a lot of shows where the hosts sort of mail it in they show up and just say, let you do all the heavy lifting you guys put thought into the questions you did deep dive oh, research cool. that i've never been asked before you had a production element that most people don't bother to do and you have a natural chemistry as hosts uh, i i'm thrilled to be on the show with you Kason oh. and zap girl thank you very much oh, man. oh thank you so thank much you. I absolutely loved, loved, loved our conversation. I had a blast. I was so nervous at the beginning Same. when I first started I was, talking to him. I was him. like, oh, my gosh, Kyle Brad's on. I know. But what was cool, I don't I don't think it got recorded, but he said he was nervous, too. So yeah, that, um, that really meant a lot. What was your favorite part of the conversation? My favorite part was listening to him react on us finding that clip from his high school football championship. <laughs> That was so awesome. That was, honestly. I, I think we took him by surprise on that one, and which made me laugh and made me feel pretty good because we did some great research there. Yeah. But it was really cool because he said he had not seen that since then, and he was kind of I, – I appreciated him kind of not necessarily making fun of himself, but he kind of did, Boy, you know, because he was – saying he had some swagger, which he did. And I really yeah. believe that that's one thing it's consistent with everyone that we have on the show is to be yourself and to be different and don't listen to what other people think. And if you want to go after something, you go after it. Yeah, that's all good advice from yeah. our guests. Yeah, and I really think a lot of the times they're talking to you, even though we ask what would you do or what advice would you give your 13-year-old self? I think that everyone's thinking kind of of you, you know? It's very, it's very, very cool. That's something I haven't thought about, but it definitely is good advice, especially to anyone who's in the tween teenager rage because usually they're going through faith. Did you say rage? I said range. <laughs> it sounded like you said range, <laughs> which is not far off. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to add that part in? <laughs> Anyway, no we want to give a <laughs> we want to give a shout out again to Kyle Brandt and his family, Team Brandt, which is Brooke, Kyle, Calvin, and our new friend Evelyn. She was adorable. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Hey Kiss. This is Time to Talk with Kaysen. We hope you enjoy the show. This is Kaysen and Carrie signing off. But don't forget to tighten up and be Tennessee tough. tough.
and beat the 49ers. That too. 